Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Good Morning Amigo. Oh, that brings back memories. Feels like the 90s all over again, back here on Good Morning Amigo, Sirius XM 145. So are these gentlemen coming in through Zoom, or are they... Uh, I got them all on the phone. How did you manage that? Because I am the man. Joining us next here on Good Morning Amigo to discuss a little more postseason frenzy are three individuals that can also be heard today here from 12 to 1 on Slam Radio. Front page 305, a collective congregation of experienced journalists talking sports. In other words, they know what the hell they're talking about. Unlike Frank and I, who have no idea what the hell we're talking about. We're just a bunch of clowns doing a radio show. Um, that being said, these festive times call for our gathering so that the guys that don't know squat can talk to the guys that do know squat about what is perhaps the most improbable championship series in sports in recent years. Joining me is Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez, Manny Navarro, front page 305, joining us right here on Good Morning Amigo. What's up, guys? That intro was way too long. I mean... Just, just get to us already. First of all, Frank Fernandez is bragging about getting setting this all up. All he did was text me, and I had to wake up Navarro and get Andre uh, here. So what did Frank do? I did it all. I do it all. <laughs> Listen, the best, thing Frank, the best thing Frank did was he predicted that he would get this far. So that's what I give Frank credit for. I give him credit for predicting. But So he was trying to steal your thunder, Walter? Is that what he was doing? I mean, he didn't really do much, let's face it. I mean, uh <laughs> I can always count on the reporter to give me the truth on the scoop and the stuff. All right, Frank. Thanks for exaggerating that half-truth. Thank you. Anytime, Larry. <laughs> oh, man, what a festive time we have before us. Not because of the pandemic. Not because of a pending, looming, disastrous, soon-to-be election. But no, because <laughs> sports have us scintillated to the point of tickling. Like, I feel like I'm being tickled all at once, and it starts today at 2 o'clock, Major League Baseball. We're going to start there. Um, Manny, gentlemen, yes. the Miami Marlins, run by Derek Jeter, the guy who used to play for the Yankees, okay, clinched a playoff spot on the four-year anniversary of the death of Jose Fernandez in the Bronx where, by the way, I, I you know, I guess it was 17 years prior, a month shy of 17 years prior, the same zip code where they won their championship uh, and the last time they were in the postseason. All of this run by a manager who used to play for the Yankees and a part owner who used to play for the Yankees. All of this storm put together, and no one gave a rat's ass in South Florida that this team made it to the playoffs. Andre did. Oh, I did. I went nuts. No, he, didn't. he said he said he said I did, but you know I'm one of the very very few. What? It's funny. Andre and I had a Andre and I had a long conversation about this because, you know, our job is always to sort of measure like what's the temperature, right? Like who cares about what? Because you want to write stories that people care about, not that that are completely ignored. And so Andre and I were texting each other until about three or four in the morning, the night that the Marlins clinched. And I said to him, I said, I wonder if anybody's going to talk about this. Because the Heat are in the middle of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hurricanes are going to play FSU. They're in the top, you know, 12 or whatever. Now they're in the top 10. 
And mm. I wonder if they're even going to get like five minutes of, of attention. And I don't think they have. No. I mean, the Canes come out and, and destroy FSU in historic fashion. You know, even the even the Dolphins won on Thursday. I mean, wasn't that right before clinch day for them too? I mean, yep. Well, you you could argue, guys, that we're looking collectively at the greatest single week in South Florida sports history. If you started with Wednesday, Tyler Hero going bananas and proving to the world that hey, Dwayne Wade's not the only one that can have a postseason coming out party. I can too. Um, and 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 well, that set the tone for that series. Thursday, the Dolphins win on Thursday Night Football. All right. Uh, Friday, the Marlins clinch. Saturday, the Canes spank FSU. Sunday, the Heat advance to the NBA Finals. What the heck is going on here? This is nuts. Well, I think the question is, is it starting to flip? I mean, how long have we been down here saying, you know, nobody wins anymore, everybody sucks, you know, and now, you know, is South Florida starting to flatten flip with all of this? We were due, Larry. We were due. I think we I were mean, well overdue on every level, from the UM thing to the Marlins thing to the Heat thing. We've been due for all of this. Yeah, it, it's been yeah. Uh, it's been an interesting like uh, suck fest for so many years. Like, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? It, <laughs> that's a good. I that's the right myself, way to play, Larry. Because anytime I make a prediction, anytime I cover a team, I usually go and destroy them. That's what happened with the Heat when I was the Heat beat writer. They they were terrible the three years that I covered them. Right after the big three, and then I leave, and then, and then usually, now all of a sudden Riley drops some players and they get good. <laughs> you know? And usually, what ends up happening is he hands off the beat to me, and then they start winning. That's what's been going right. back, going back to the high school days. It was like that. <laughs> it's a trend. <laughs> yeah, you're like right. he he leaves the high schools. I jump on the high schools. All of a sudden, like Northwestern's winning national championships, and St. Thomas is winning, and you're like, all right, it's you. Definitely. Yep. The, the boys from Front Page 305 joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. We're talking a little bit of South Florida sports, and I'm very proud. I, I asked earlier in the show, there were a lot of people that talked a whole lot of crapola about Derek Jeter and the Miami Martins, and I'm asking, where are those Derek Jeter naysayers today? Where are those people today? Because I have not heard from them today. Don't get me wrong. I'm not getting it twisted. 31 and 29 does not ever really get you in the playoffs. So this is a man who spent 20 years not only being good at baseball, but being the king of being in the right place at the right time. That's called being opportunistic. And taking a, an abridged, pandemic-shortened baseball season and seeing that the expanded playoff system gives him an opportunity to raise the bar by not raising the bar. And a team that would have normally talked about how great they were at 500 today is in a postseason situation. Whatever you want to say about how lucky they got to have that opportunity, where are you, Derek Jeter naysayers today? Where are you? I'm waiting. They'll be back. They'll be back in a few weeks. Oh, so once they lose in the playoffs, then all this is forgotten, right? That's what I told you. That's terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, what have they really? I, you just said it, Larry. They really haven't accomplished much of anything. I mean. This, 31 and 29 in a real season, 162 games. I mean, let's let's be serious. They haven't done. They, you can't you can't compare their feet to what the Heat has done. Um, but but you know, you know, you, Manny and I had this argument about, about the rotation. I did say that's the one thing I like about the team. They have a puncher's chance now because they do have a pretty decent uh, rotation. And it would have been better had Sixto not 
faded his last two starts. I'll be interested to see if he if they, they get to a game three, if he's a six zero of the first five or so starts or the six zero of the last two. But but yeah, I mean the true test will be next year if there is a, a, a 162 game season. Do they revert back to form or 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 what can we expect from them? I think even if they keep progressing, if you stretch it out to 162, you're still talking about a team that's probably at best maybe around the 500 mark or something like that. I mean, that's the that's the thing. you got to see what they do going forward. The one thing I give them credit for is, look, with everything that happened to them at the beginning of the year, they lose half the roster, all of that. I think Don Mattingly is the manager of the year, and I think they've done a great job just to even get to this point. Now, in the long term, you know, you gotta you got to take all those factors into account and see what happens next year and – Honestly, they're not to me. There, that's why I thought 2022 was the real year that maybe they take the big leap forward. That's legit. 2022 and Navarro had predicted 2040 on our podcast. <laughs> right, Navarro, so we're all going to have grandkids. Ahead. We're we're all going to our, I'm our still kids are have now. kids by the time they're good. If you listen to me. Changing They're gears. Years ahead of schedule. <laughs> Changing gears with the guys from Front Page 305. This Miami Heat team is of epic proportions, a Cinderella story that the NBA, I don't believe, has seen. And uh, Nick Hamilton didn't agree with me earlier in this hour when I spoke to him. I believe that that the NBA has been a recipe for a team with superstars to win, and it's rarely had a team with uh, the team concept, other than maybe those old Detroit Piston teams, um, that could ever say that they were good at being a team of, you know, six, eight guys with no real clear-cut superstar. That's what I see in this Miami Heat team. And as a five-seed, I find them to be the 69 Mets of the NBA. Your thoughts, guys? Well, I find them riveting because this this is really the first time we've ever seen an NBA playoff take place without home court advantage or travel. And it's really been like the NCAA tournament, if you think about it. I mean, just neutral site. And, you know, would the Heat even – get past the second round, would they have won, you know, three games in Milwaukee like they technically did in that five-game series? Um, you know, it, it, it's been great what Pat Riley has done, but my bigger question is, is this Heat team for real in the sense of when things get back to normal, are they really a championship contender or have we been sort of tricked by what's happened in the uh, in the bubble? That's kind of where my mind goes with it, Larry, because I always look at things from a different angle. Um, but Look, I, I think it's remarkable what they've done. I think, like you said, you know, to, to go on this run and surprise everybody, I think they were 75-1 to 1 odds. So, the, according to Las Vegas, the, the greatest uh, underdog team to make it to the finals in the last 35 years, if you're if you a gambling man. So, phenomenal run. But I guess my question is, you know, when I look at this team, and I, and I still think the Lakers are going to beat them. They're the more talented team. I've been predicting the Heat to lose uh, for a while now. Which is strike you off. Um I just, uh, I, I don't know. I just think, I wonder what do you do to really be a championship contender because I don't think the team's going to win this year. I, Sorry. I, I think I, yeah, I think, I think um, I predict them to, to beat Boston. I think they're going to lose to the Lakers. I think this is where the, the ride ends. But going forward, I think there's some growth within the team. I know Navarro is always talking about, you know, getting the Greek freak or getting this guy, getting that guy. But I think, with Bam and Tyler, specifically those two, and let's see what they do in the draft and maybe some other moves. But I think there's some growth within the team with those two guys, especially. And then Butler as you know, the alpha guy, the guy that gets to the free throw line uh, late in games. But I, I still I, – and LeBron is not getting any younger. So, the, I mean, Tyler's 19 
or 20. What is 20. he, 20 years old? 20. I mean, not, so not there's, a lot, there's a lot of growth the there within the team with those guys. Gentlemen, the other thing that I think went under the undercover because I guess, well, FSU is just not that good. But this Miami Hurricane team is. And what a difference a year makes. A year ago, I was bitching and moaning, and Manny heard me say it on several occasions, about Dan Enos. And, and while I know we've made a lot of major changes so that this change in a positive direction can happen, the truth is, is I think it needed to start with a mindset or a culture. And it didn't seem like it existed with a guy like Danny Enos. In fact, I thought he did a terrible job the first game of the season after almost beating a highly ranked Florida team uh, to just totally shatter the confidence of these young players who are trying to buy into his system. Uh, turn the clock forward a year. You've got this Lashley guy who is my newest hero. This guy is just a monster. You have Derek King, who's also a monster-type quarterback. And, uh, and you're looking at a team that's ranked eighth in the country. Might be a little bit overrated in that sense but still getting the respect that we've always screamed about your thoughts about this hurricane team frank asked me are the, are the knolls that bad or the canes this good well walter i think it's a little bit of both about the canes than, the, than, the, than walter right i'm 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 very excited i mean i'm very excited about the about the team uh, you know last year against florida that was just a recipe for disaster you're starting two freshman tackles against Two NFL, um, you know, rush guys, the defensive ends for Florida, uh, first-time starting quarterback. It, it, that, it, and then all the games they lost because they didn't have a kicker. The offensive line was bad. The offensive coordinator was bad. And and Manny Diaz uh, has fixed all those issues. And what Manny Navarro, of course, covers the uh, uh, the Hurricanes for the Athletic, but he has not reported. But I'm reporting exclusively right now to the. Good morning, Amigo Show, is the Hurricanes have developed some COVID cases right before the Clemson game. They're not going to be able to play against Clemson, all too bad, and then they will continue the rest of the schedule and run the table. Okay. I, 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 I'm speechless because I know how facetious you can be. Wouldn't it be great if they just bypass Clemson? Oh, sorry, we can't play this week, and then go back beating NC State and whoever else is on the schedule. That'd be I great. like that strategy. That strategy seems to work well, but uh, this is not its not an intentional segue, but it is a segue to interrupt what we're talking about to give you some breaking news. The Vikings and Titans facilities to shut down because of coronavirus concerns. Apparently, a few of the Titans players, uh, rumor has it that they have tested positive for COVID. Biggest eight. I think it's eight players that I saw in the tweet. Um, yep. Tom Palacero. Apparently, apparently they all went to uh, get some uh, some wings at Magic City. <laughs> <laughs> With Lou Williams. That'll get you. Yeah, Lou Williams, boy. That And then the answer afterwards was very interesting indeed. It was uh, it was so much fun. So uh, let, let's let's bring our thoughts back around full circle. Do the Marlins have a chance against the Cubs? I know some Cub fans who think they do. If they're – look. The thing is, uh, I, I see the I see this being one of those series that's going to be very low scoring because if you look at that Cubs rotation, like you Darvish and and Kyle Hendricks and John Lester, I mean, it could be one of those things where the Marlins might have trouble scoring even a run, maybe two runs, the whole series if this if this keeps up. So it's all to me, it's if they can actually create any kind of offense because they'll pitch. I think I think you put Sandy up there, you put Pablo up there, they'll pitch, but. That's that's the part that scares me. It's just that that pitching for the Cubs looks sick, and 
I don't know if they can score much. Manny, Manny has a worse prediction, so I think I hear thunder in the distance. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, listen, they've got one hitter in that lineup, right? Isn't it starting Babe Ruth Marte, the one guy that they acquired? Walter, that's what I call him. <laughs> yes, because we, I mean, we all listen, know, we when all you know don't, no one else there can hit. No. I mean, when you, when you draft an entire, like, you use all six draft picks on, on pitchers, when, you're, when your offense stinks, it just kind of makes me shrug my shoulders like, okay, way to go, Derek Jeter. Uh, I, I just – I don't know, man. Like, Larry, look, we, maybe I'm just too much of a cynic. Maybe we've sucked for too long here in Miami that I, I'm, just, I'm just, like, turned into the ultimate hater. But I, I just – I look at all of these teams and I see the flaws, man. Like, I keep waiting for the bottom to drop out, you know, like for, for, for them to get totally exposed. And I think the Marlins – are more of a fake, phony, you know, fake news than anything else. Yeah, I have someone that I do a show with that called them the fake first place when they were in first place. Um, right. I, I'm a little more optimistic. I liked the, the puncher's chance reference that Walter made earlier in the interview uh, because of that pitching. I firmly believe the Cubs will beat them, but I think the Marlins might take a game. I the it's just fun to know that they're in that position. I, too, can be a cynic, especially with the Marlins. Uh, but I did ask. I did a roll call for all Jeter haters. So I guess there's the one that came out. Manny, Manny made sure he made it clear, right? Like not, not a real fan. Okay, I got it. I understand. I just, I'm really happy that they're there. And even though it gets swept under the rug, I, I do believe that it's a job well done. And it's a great checkpoint for them. It's not the ultimate. 31 and 29 is never going to get them in the playoffs again. So it's a great checkpoint for them to realize that now they need to go out and get some sticks and get some stuff done to make this team complete because it can't just live on arms. But I think when you're building something, you start with the pitchers because they take a little longer to develop. Guys come in swinging bats at 22, hitting 35, 40 homers. You know, that's what happens in this league. Arms, not so much. You're managing innings. You're managing mindsets. Uh, you know, will they be the same pitcher when they get through their first injury? Because all pitchers have an injury at some point. Um, I think that's what you work through and why you get the pitchers first. So I, I know it, it, it leaves you a little, like, with a question mark. Why are we getting more pitchers if what we need is a few hitters? Um, I can tell you that that's, that's the recipe. You need 20 pitchers so that five of them stick. Remember, there's a couple guys that are coming next year that are going to make things even better. So we, we're set up for years to come to be a very, very <laughs> solid organization. And, and I think that uh, there's a lot of optimism within that. And I have normally been the cynic, um, no longer the shill, but I'll tell you that I'm really, I'm really proud that I've stuck with this team throughout all of their years. Um, Larry. And been, and he, been, a, proud, been a proud Marlins fan. Uh, objectively, I think they've got some problems they've got to address still, but I, I like that they've reached this checkpoint, and it's a positive L checkpoint for them. Larry, I did want to add this. If it is, and I agree with Andre, say this, if this turns out to be a low scoring series the one advantage that the Marlins have is their speed they were second in the league in majors rather in steals so if they can if they can play that type of small ball they might be able to pull off a surprise and the fact that it's only two of three again not normal baseball playoffs you know that's a very short series again anything can happen and I said that in the beginning of the year we had a conversation on our podcast just talking about should they go with all rookies or, or, or not? And I said, no, the rookies need to prove they can stay because in a shortened season with added playoff teams, anything can happen. And we're seeing it again now with just two of three. That's, that, that's made for upsets. I think you're going to see a lot of surprises 
in this in this yeah. opening round of baseball. John Bert, John Birdie, top of the lineup. That's what they got to do. Yeah, yeah he can run. Absolutely. Hey Walter, to, to steal bases, you got to get on base. <laughs> oh gosh, pivoting the college football. So I ask about the odds of how the Marlins will play in the postseason. Before I get to the other postseason uh, team, you've got a Hurricane team that's ranked eighth in the country and will face a number one team in Clemson. I don't think that Clemson team's the same Clemson team we've seen the last couple of years. Talking about a puncher's chance, do the Miami Hurricanes have a puncher's chance in that game with this newly found offense? I think they do. Yeah, I'm with you, Walter. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to the receivers, how much they continue to improve, because Brevin Jordan's going to get a ton of attention. I think, you know, Miami, if they're going to beat Clemson, they got to get some more production. Mike Harley has to stop dropping balls. Uh, Lee Wiggins <laughs> yes. keeps catching these touchdowns. And then, like, the middle linebacker, Bradley Jennings for the for the Hurricanes, he's got to have more than one tackle. His last two games, he's had one tackle. <laughs> so I think that's kind of important, too. But well, um, well we got to look too, and, and the pass rush too. I mean, if they can put some kind of pressure the way they were doing on FSU, you got to do something to disrupt uh, Lawrence uh, uh, to even have a shot at it. I'm not worried about their offense. I think their offense has been legitimately so much better. They're way better than they were on offense, even than the 10 and 0 team a couple of years ago. You know, I keep saying that because they, they did not look this good. And one last thought: Jose Borregales is my kicker in 2021 on my fantasy team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe he beat us last year, and now he's ours. I, I, I like that. I, I love that. I firmly believe we can beat Clemson. Uh, I said something yesterday on the show. That it's not like a video game where there's a slider where you give a little bit of defense up so you have more offense. But that's what it seems like this team has done. This team's not quite as stout defensively as it once was. But you know what they're good at? Timely stops, right? Like they get jobs done when they've got to get the job done. They seem to play that defense. They'll get tested more as the season goes along. In a couple of weeks, they're going to definitely get tested. The one thing I think that puts them on the map against Clemson and could make things interesting, uh, you know, in 12 days, is the fact that they can score on anybody. They can score whenever the hell they want, and that's going to be fun to see how Trevor Lawrence responds to that. My opinion: I think the Canes can beat them. I'm not sure I'm going to pick them, but I think the Canes can absolutely beat them. And I think they well, they have the best chance of winning this big a game as they've had in, in, in 30 years. Like, I, they have never had a chance to beat a number one like this before. Larry, yeah. I mean, look, I think they're, they're, they're improved. I think they do have a chance. But also, let's, let's put it in perspective. They beat a mid-major, a good mid-major team in UAB. They beat Louisville team, you could say they could score, who has a terrible defense, who loses tracks of, a track of players all the time. And then they, and they lost. I mean, they beat a historically bad FSU team. So while I do think they're they're very much improved, um, th- that's the argument on that side. On the Clemson side, I also think they're weakened from last year. They lost both their wide receivers, four out of the five uh, starting offensive linemen, three of the four guys in the secondary. Uh, Simmons, the linebacker, who's a stud, a first-round pick. So, so yeah, they have a great quarterback and have a great running back, but I don't think Clemson is as good, at least not haven't proven it yet, as good as last year. By the way, Larry, one other thing I want to say, do we no longer have to do a, sh- a show at, at noon now? Because we basically talked about everything we we're going to do on our own show. No, I didn't know you guys were going to do all this, but it's like I have fun talking to you guys. Uh, I mean, Bro, I mean, put yourself in my shoes. I do a show every day with, with, with a girl named Young Yandy and Frank. 
<laughs> All right, so, like, I, I mean, this is a breath of fresh air when I get three seasoned journalists like yourselves to talk. I almost feel dumb in this conversation, which is good because that means, you know, I've increased the level of what we're doing here. I mean, poor Frank. Frank does the best he can. Frank's good, but, I mean, come on. Right, but I, but I, but I, think, you're gonna, I, mean, I think you're going to have to double our pay at noon. You know, whatever you're paying is now, double it. Well, you know, if I can get it, I'd give, you, I'd give them a second hour. These guys are that good, but I'm be asking them for double the work. <laughs> Final stuff. I want your prediction of these NBA finals, these very unique NBA finals. I'll start with mine. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it proudly. Heat and six. I, I would love to see Heat and seven. Uh, for a long time, I picked the Lakers in this series. I've seen something that makes me feel differently now. And I would let LeBron get his, make sure Bam is an apt uh, defensive stand-up towards AD, and then I think our guys are better than your guys, and that's why I think we can win. I usually like the chances of a team that has the best player on the court. This is one of those that's a little bit different, and I think we have the other best eight players after they have one and two. We'll see what happens, but I still think Heat and six. Walter, you're on the clock. Uh, my prediction is next. No, I got uh, I got Bronny. I got Bron Bron. That's who's winning. Lakers in. Uh, yeah, I'll be six. All right. Straight. Seven Lakers. Oh, how the Miami guys are you? <laughs> Final one. Ready? Uh, I got the I got the Heat in one, and then the Lakers in four more. <laughs> Lakers in five. <laughs> he deserves a whistle for that one. That was very good. You guys well, sure you don't the, want a second the, hour? The I, mean, I, <laughs> I know the guy that runs the station. I can make sure it happens. Do you understand why I want them? <laughs> oh, God, you guys are hysterical. Thanks for jumping on, man. I do appreciate it. I know it's not always that easy, but I felt... These times of playoff and excellence in sports in South Florida warranted this conversation, this meeting well, of the minds, if you will. It's all, it's all credit to Frankie, who organized the whole thing. Way to go, Frank. Oh, you're very welcome, Walter. Anytime, the, you, need, anytime you need my assistance again, I'll be glad to help you out. The, the telephonic skills. Oh, goodness. Can we do this more often? This is funny. <laughs> uh, Eating one. By the way, my, my very first flippant is he serious offers usually come on the air that way. So I'm not going to tell you about the second hour ever again. I just, I, but I'm reminding you, in case you don't listen to the podcast, that, that, that's what I said. That was funny stuff, Frank. It was. It was. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Stay tuned to them. Uh, they'll be on after Nick Hamilton. Nick Hamilton comes on at 11. They'll come on at 12 right here on Slam Radio. Appreciate you guys. I'll be tuned in. Later. Take Thanks, care, guys. The views and opinions expressed on Good Morning Amigo are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.